I went back the same year to Nepal and luckily mm. I went after that I never got a chance to go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so even that two weeks period it was a charge up and I think from that time I think I'm still holding with that charge mm-hmm. you know with my family or I'm still holding um the, the same energy just remembering that memories I made. Mm. So that kind of gives me energy I guess. Okay. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's always like joyful to actually either look back at the photos or just remember, you know, like, oh, shit, we did this. Oh, yeah, it was like that. And it's always fun, I'm... you know. <laughs> it's joyful to have that, to do that. And especially, yeah. I don't know, coming out here, it had somehow just opened up that, you know, like, opportunity. It's like not that hard to earn certain money and save it and just go out. And it's much easier out here. I was just having this chat with my mom yesterday where I was like, I, I had always been like a kind of a guy who wants to go out and do things. And right now, I'm in a decision that I can actually do that. So I, I wouldn't miss that out, but I'm going to do that more. Exactly. That freedom, it's very precious, actually. It is. And Honestly. not only freedom, it's like with the freedom you have, like those resources or those opportunities out here, you know, like, just think about it. Going back home, like if you wanted to travel to New Zealand, how much would it cost? How much would exactly. it take for you to earn that and go there and do that, you know? Exactly. It's much the process, the visa process to the travel, it's going to cost a lot. Exactly. That's true. Exactly, right? So it's like much easier for us out here. And I just want to utilize this opportunity. You know, like I'm, my plan was actually to go to a new country every year, which hasn't been true because of the COVID. Yeah. But no complaints because I haven't traveling enough in here <laughs> already with the domestic travel. So I'm enjoying that. I think Australia is quite big enough to try, uh, explore. It is a very big place to explore. I mean, we have, yeah, I have like traveled most of the Sydney. I haven't told this before, but this actually happened like after we finished our studies, I was actually planning to go to Brisbane. I was planning to manage some job out there and just be there. And that is actually when I realized that shit, I've been in Sydney for like two years and I don't know much of the places, man. Are you sure? Am I sure that I'm living in Sydney? Do I know enough places? And I think that's when it started and I started like going out and traveling. Although I travel a lot during the uni days from uni itself, you know, because there were plenty of opportunities in uni to be in different places. I went to US from uni. That was a great thing to have. But yeah, yeah after that only I realized that I should be going out and traveling places. And since then, the rest is history. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That's- yeah, it's been fun, man, being here and doing everything. And as you were saying how it was hard during your student days and even then we used to travel. Tell us more about like what was your student life like here out here in Australia? Like what was your international student journey like? Uh, 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 it takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Back, in, back in 2018. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I came to Australia in February, I still remember the date, 14 February, which I can never forget. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I landed in Australia on 14th of February, 2018. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have been out of my home for a while. Like I left my home when I was eight, uh, sorry, 15 after my uh, 10th. So I went to India to do my further studies. And again, that was my choice. Like my parents really 
who has been really supportive, but they were also concerned being a very young girl going mm-hmm. alone to a different country. Uh, but they were really supportive and I was able to make it. I always wanted some, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of exposure to go out and, you know, mm-hmm. explore that place, explore the culture, explore the people, explore their system. So it's kind of, I have been blessed with that, I feel. So I have been out of home, but um, being in India was really different because, mm-hmm. you know, I was fine financially backed up by my parents mm. so you know i just need to make a call and my bank money right from the bank my money <laughs> exactly so i never you know kind of thought that staying away from my family would be that tough mm-hmm. or you know the struggle is actually different mm-hmm. um so when i made a decision after my bachelor's so i completed my bachelor's in india itself so i stayed almost like six years in india completed my yeah it's a lot of time completed my plus two completed my bachelor's in economics then i decided that hey i think i need to explore some western countries uh Mm -hmm. you know i want to get more exposure that's when i discussed this with my dad and he was like oh are you sure um you know you mean he has visited a lot of countries literally Mm -hmm. like he has visited half of the world uh you know he roamed around so that's he knew the struggle I wasn't, that, that's sorry. where the traveling comes from i guess exactly <laughs> so which <laughs> so which i wasn't aware of it he has seen the world so he mm. he told me that it's gonna be a different struggle it's not gonna be the same the way you are in india or mm. you know it's not gonna be it's gonna be very tough he warned me but i was like oh it's, a, it's okay i'll take that challenge i'll take up that challenge mm. i made up my mind came to australia but you know it's very easy to say that or easy to you know just say mm-hmm. hey I'll, I'll be doing that but when it came up it was mm. different definitely as as i think every international student do um struggle with jobs so first three months i had mm-hmm. no job i still remember i bought the money i got back from nepal was about to finish mm-hmm. and i had no job mm. so my first job i still remember i haven't you know kind of uh, discussed this with everyone but uh, uh-huh. it's uh, i think a lovely platform to discuss about it yes, so it i worked as a carer like mm-hmm. as a support worker in one of uh, with one of the agent i i don't remember also to be honest mm-hmm. but it was i still know it was 15 hours fortnightly so i used to get around $600 fortnightly with mm-hmm. that uh, work and and i was still living with that i mm-hmm. mean uh, it was like i was trying to squeeze all my expense squeeze all my rent uh, mm-hmm. and luckily at that time i was staying with a lot of my friends so my rent was quite low which was which is our you know basic expense mm-hmm. so i was able to squeeze all my expense in that do you But, remember what was your weekly expenses like back then I think it was around like 250. I still used to save like $50 to be honest. <laughs> I used to I I used to spend my week for like $200 a week like with everything. Yeah, it, me too. I think $250 used to be my uh, weekly expense including rent, honestly. Yeah. And now yes. I now it's like double of that and it still it seems like it's not enough. <laughs> I think human needs increases with time. 
yeah. and with the resources that comes up mm. yeah and then um yeah. i was that- of course not happy with that of course mm-hmm. um because you know i have been always a very pampered kid very mm-hmm. you know i was always protected by my parents always you know looked after by my parents so when i came here um i was all alone and mm. you know you can't share everything back to your family back to your you know family back in your country because mm. you know somewhere down the lane that uh, they're going to be worried so you can't share everything with them but yeah so it, it was going that. on i did that job for a month then i end up uh, so i was literally like you know asking everyone for the help and at that time i think i even wasn't you know kind of you know you are new to the country you are not mm. new to the systems how to apply the job or how to approach so i think it was quite new so <clears throat> i even worked in an indian restaurant for mm-hmm. two days and i did not get paid mm-hmm. okay so i read and i never went back and asked because i never knew that i can ask that if that makes sense i mean yeah yeah it wasn't cash so like i had no nothing to say to them so yeah after that um one so, of my i think this would be a very good lesson for whoever is listening like if you're working somewhere and if you if you're working somewhere as an international student there's this thing called what is the fairman ombudsman i it's very fair hard work, fair work ombudsman right So there is always yeah. that branch where you can actually go and complain. Doesn't matter if you're working in cash or in tax. Because when exactly. you come in early when you, when you're in the early days you don't know that sometimes students don't know that even working in cash they are legal they legally have to pay taxes that's the legal income. So if someone is not paying you that or someone is actually exploiting you you can always go and complain. Mm. You know at yeah. that time you are you wouldn't you don't know that thing you know yeah. yeah you don't know that so i just let it go so mm-hmm. after that um i ended up with um a cleaning job i think every international <laughs> a lot of our international students do that uh, uh, yeah. so, uh, everybody has i think i i mean everybody should do that you know when you come in here although i always say that you shouldn't like stick to a cleaning job and you should move forward but Exactly. When you come here you should at least do cleaning jobs for at least few months at least you will know what it's like you know Exactly <laughs> I mean, that. definitely and I think it taught me a big uh, you know it gave me a lot of strength uh, it turned me uh, you know it took me out of my comfort zone I would say mm. So I used to work like uh 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. doing a school cleaning. Mm. So I used to wake up at 3 to my day used to start at 3:30. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> so I then catch a train at 4 and drop to uh, I think it was Petersham, drop to Petersham by 4:30 oh. and walk half 30 minutes to that school because there used to be no buses or nothing during that time. Mm. So yeah, that then I used to learn go back to uni have uni classes if i have then that at that time then i was also working in one of the restaurants um mm. in circleki so i always used to do kind of do closing so it used to be like 5 pm to 10 pm usually mm. so this was going on but when i was doing this two job i was I was doing it to you know make up with my expenses or mm. you know to just live but I knew back in the mind that this is not something I I have come for 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is not something I would always want to do it or I, I need something else. So I was like kind of trying to learn with the system, trying to learn with the, um, uh, how to approach, how to, you know, how, what can be the best way to approach to the employers here. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all came up. And luckily, um, I think in December 2018, mm-hmm. yeah, 20, December 2018, I got into education industry. So that was my, I think that was like a dream come true at that stage, to Where be honest. Where did you get into? Um, I got into Alpha Beta Global. Okay. Yeah. So I got into there as a counselor and admin. So they, um, it was a great opportunity for me. I think I have learned a lot uh, during that role. So I mm-hmm. worked there for a while. I think I just left in July. Um 2020 mm-hmm. sorry no not july 2020 2019 yeah 2019 mm-hmm. but also luckily at that time i also got a job in my uni itself our cq cq mm-hmm. uni as an friend assistant so i think everything came good together so i literally was like on cloud nine when i got all this thing and i, I think uh. from there my um, I would say my career pathway started, you know, um, into the professional, when I like... was working at CQ also, uh, it was a great opportunity to know people, you know, to know students because when I was like, I struggled, like when I was struggling with the odd jobs, um, mm-hmm. I think that time I knew that I think, um, I want to help newcomers. I want to help new students, how to approach or, you know, I want to, share my experience so that mm. then they can learn something from my experience maybe yeah. it can be a it, i wanted to be a little help to be honest just to make their you know their transition phase simple mm-hmm. or more comfortable so that's where it, it was, came it, up it, it, it was kind of same for me like because i worked as a social innovation ambassador when i was working there i somehow feel obliged to you know like to help those newcomer students somehow to guide them because I never had anyone do that for me. So somehow I feel obliged to do that out of nowhere, you know, like I I have no responsibility to do that. I don't need to do that. But somehow I felt obliged that I should be out there helping those students because that happened to me, which means that that is going to happen to them. Maybe I could help them somehow, you know, I had that feeling too. Exactly. Honestly. And when I, I, when I started working with CQ University and started working with Alpha Beta Global, I think that's where I was, you know, I was in touch with international students directly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's where I, I thought like, I never knew that that is something I would like, to be honest, when mm-hmm. I started. But eventually or gradually, I lo- started loving that, mm-hmm. you know? the When you get a little... Um, what do you call little appreciation or when you see that your experience or you know the share the things you are sharing is actually making a little difference in in you know their life Mm. it really motivated me to stick to it for yeah so i sticked with alphabet i think that has been a very good opportunity for me in a sense Mm. that it gives me it gave me a lot of exposure like i started working with universities build that relationship build the networking, you know, build those connections. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been amazing. So after, yes, 
and I came as a master's of, uh, you know, master's of human resource management student. So mm. I thought it kind of aligned with my course also and aligned with my passion. Mm. Like I wanted to work with people. So uh, yeah, so it has been amazing. That's great to know. What was your like strange journey in terms of like time management? Like they, because that's one of the thing that we struggle, most of us struggle with most, you know, like how did you manage like doing two, three jobs and study at the same time? Oh my God. At one time I was doing four jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still managing my time. To be honest, I was doing my assignments. I was going uh-huh. to uni. I was even participating in different activities. Right. Mm-hmm. I had that, that was happening in, in the university. So I, I think touched i was like capable of doing that like you know at that stage like you know when you have energy mm-hmm. or when you have um motivation to get that done mm-hmm. nothing can stop you so i still remember i used to sleep for 3 hours and i still i was really charged up or i would still make my day okay. you know yeah i used to literally do my assignments in the train with my mm-hmm. laptop do you know look at the materials or make myself more efficient by you know keeping all my uh you know the research thing doing in the train i used to kind of manage with that mm-hmm. and during the i think one more thing um i think that helped me was that taking classes mm-hmm. which i think international students just uh, like you know they are I know it's it's very tough it's very hard you need to make a balance of your financial and your you know everything but saying that me going to a lecture would was 100 times beneficial to me mm-hmm. in terms of you know making my assignment in terms of um having that you know adding that skills or networking with you know your fellow classmates or networking mm-hmm. with your tutors so i still have one of my tutor who is still in touch with me okay right you know yeah so i feel good about it like i made those connections mm. i you know i think that are the little achievements it is true like even with me somehow it depends on like what you're studying or if whatever you're studying is of your interest or not because i remember spending whole four years in engineering and i never paid attention to one subject properly but when i came here it was somehow i was always at the first bench you know like at the first line of the students somehow i don't know why or out of what because it was interesting i actually wanted to study actually i wanted to learn it also de- it also depends on the teachers you know like not everyone was like yeah. that but with <laughs> few of them you enjoyed being at the front of the at the front of the class and actually asking questions to them and you know exactly. because that's how you learn it's hard to actually read everything and learn by yourself It's much easier exactly. when someone else is telling you exactly what you need to know. So it's always exactly. a good idea to go out and attend classes. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I would highly encourage all our international students or to definitely at least you pay a lot of money. Mm. You pay a lot of money to, you know, to get that degree. So why not make most of it? Hmm. I still remember <clears throat> like, you know, referencing this all things was new to me when i came to australia i never did that before when you're so, talking about referencing you mean like ap referencing and harbor referencing right? yeah, yeah the harbor referencing and mm. all those things so it was very new to me so i took a help of you know learning uh, academic learning center mm-hmm. 
which was which is a part of it. and i am pretty so that really helped me like they really used to help me with my assignment which kind of saved my time my money if i would have failed that unit mm. you know so i think it's very essential for us to know what resources you have mm. and how to how to maximize their utilization i would say uh because we pay a lot of money this honestly. is something that i say again and again in this podcast but the thing with our international students is that we are so much stuck between just study and work that we do not go out and look for anything else doesn't yeah, matter which be university you are in if you are in a university they have certain services they have certain resources available especially for you because they know that you are an international student it's hard for you to either write in english or speak in english or understand the concepts and everything so there is always resources available in every university it's just us i think we are just again as i said so much busy in work and study that we don't go out and look for that you know which exactly. is kind of just waste of money waste of time waste of resources i think we have had this discussion a lot even with like our associate vice chancellors or you know like academic and everything it's hard because especially our campus was filled with international students it was hard to get them into anything you know like because i my, one of the jobs that i had was to get as many students as i can into our workshops and our events yeah <laughs> it took me almost 2 years to get at least 10 students at a time in an event <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's the sad part of this, you know, like being in this place like again, it depends on personal journey, personal interest. Maybe some people just want money. There are a lot of my friends who have already built houses being here in the same oh time I've been here, you know. So there are people <laughs> like that too, but yeah, it's personal choice, but you should go out and <clears throat> I think personally that you should go out and utilize those resources because you have actually paid for them, you know. Exactly. You, and we pay thing, around $3500 yeah. for a unit. That's exactly. a lot of money. That's a lot of money. People try to earn a lot of money and again spend it by paying the uni back because <laughs> back of that. Doesn't make sense, man. Doesn't make sense to me. If you're here, <clears throat> like at least if you here to study at a student visa or whatever you enjoy, at least study, man. At least complete. You don't have to get like high distinction in everywhere. At least pass all the subjects. You know, you'll have a degree. No That's- one is gonna go out there and check your marks. You know, so at least have a degree. that's right. yeah that's that's a sad part actually because um and it just i think sometimes we you know we don't um realize that mm. that we are actually doubling our work we are actually doubling our you know efforts to do mm-hmm. it when there is some help to, for you exactly that's why the, not use it that's again comes back to like time management where we talked about like how it's hard to manage time because we don't know we have never done that You had some experience <clears throat> living back in India, you know. That's why I think it was do, do what do you think about this like since you were already living on your own in India, was it like much helpful for you when you came in here? Definitely, uh it was, but as I said, you know, when you are financially backed up, mm. like when you don't have to worry like when I was in India, I was completely on my student life. So, mm. I I didn't do any job. I didn't work anything. So it was I did few voluntary work but nothing, you know. Um uh, <clears throat> that would um help me to manage my expense. So everything mm-hmm. was taken care uh by my parents. So that But kind even then, of like, you know you did have like that 
they say how you knew how to manage money like although they send you money once exactly. a month you know how to manage money how to make that money last for the whole definitely. month definitely oh my god um i still remember how how i used to you know calculate okay this week i i have this much money so i'm mm-hmm. going to spend this much and this is my budget no matter where i'm spending mm. right so that kind of you know um that i think that really helped me when i came here in australia mm. um i knew how to manage my expense like i knew i knew to make a balance between my income and expense mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. yeah so and also when i was back in india um i i stayed like you know i had that freedom i had that um i would say freedom to take decision on my own mm. do everything uh my my own like uh, though it was like you know though nepal and india we got a very quite similar culture but still yeah. india india has like you know this i stayed in pune so mm. the state cultures are so different it took me a while to uh you know get adapt to it but eventually i was able to even speak the local language okay So oh, yeah I, I'm so proud you know I, I'm so proud of it actually to be honest now uh-huh. I have lost the speaking thing but I can mm-hmm. still understand like I think when I if I go back and That's stay great. there for like a week I think I'll get back there What language did they used to speak Marathi Marathi okay so you know Marathi you can understand Marathi yeah. even if you can't speak That's great Yeah That's great. <laughs> Yeah so that and you know um back in India also we all were international students so we literally my class used to be filled with students from different 21 countries okay so and we used to have this festival international student festivals where we used mm-hmm. to celebrate all the cultures all the traditions they all we all used to come together and celebrate it so it was very fun uh, a kind of exposure because i always believe um that you know internationalists you don't get into that or until mm-hmm. unless you don't experience yourself um you never know you don't get to know exactly yeah. like i still remember when i was back in nepal um i only knew one culture right mm-hmm. but when i moved to india um i i had a lot of like i you had, had a lot of perspective exactly i had a friend i had friends from different cultural background different ethnic uh, ethnicity mm-hmm. so that kind of gave me you know now I can I feel that I can adapt to every culture mm. easily. True. So yeah. And I think that that really helped me when I came to Australia to be honest. Uh, it was like a simple thing like back in Nepal we never used to use Google Maps. Mm. Right? So, but um but I was in India so we kind of was used to those things. So when I came here it wasn't quite new for me. so i was able to like cope up with the, all this thing easily so which was a good part <clears throat> and you you were talking about a lot about like networking you know like how networking is important let's talk about that like how has networking helped you to be where you are being the busy woman you are right now <laughs> <laughs> um i think um as i said mm. um when i started working at alpha beta global um as a counselor and admin that's mm-hmm. where my networking started um 
I think that's where I started. Like I literally used to meet at least 10 new people in a day. Mm -hmm. So it could be international students. It could be um, partners. It could be, you know, different um, sub partners, sub business partners, Mm -hmm. but that kind of builds my network um, widely. And I got to know a lot of things, like, you know, the wider version of everyone, like everyone have their own, um, I would say, perspective or have their own idea, thoughts. Um, Everyone is creative in their own way. Mm. So that kind of helped me to, you know, think out of the box or excel in my, um, I wouldn't say excel, I'm still learning, Mm. but grow with my career. So currently, so I, after Alphabet, I left in July 2018 and I, uh, sorry, 2019, and I joined mm. uh, Pathfinders International Education as a senior counselor where um, I think I was more responsible for whole operations. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, I was doing that. I was still studying. I was still uh, on my student visa. Uh, and I was waiting for my for myself to graduate. Mm-hmm. So the time I graduate, um, I started looking for a job in HR. Mm. So that is where I wanted to, you know, upskill myself or um, add more skills uh, in my own field, which I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you are on student visa, you have that restricted 20 hours thing. Yeah. So you already have that, your market gets narrow. Mm. when you have that limitation so mm. as soon as i finish it i was like oh, yes this is the best time now i can't miss it and i mm. have my full working rights i can't miss it so yeah i was doing uh, a lot of job hunting and then covid hit of course lockdown mm. happened a lot of businesses were not going well um a lot of businesses were getting uh you know had to redundant their um stuff mm. uh, and at that time it was really really tough i mean i was getting like i used to apply for like 10 15 jobs and i used to get interview but you know mm-hmm. but um and i like i used to give at least like two interview in a week mm-hmm. but who never heard back you know that was kind of giving me a lot of frustration that um and staying that. alone uh-huh. and back to back rejections and it was really tough it was really tough then luckily i would say it was a part of networking or it was um i would say part of networking that luckily one day i was just scrolling down the linkedin Mm. and one of my friend um he posted he had a vacancy of internal recruiter at his company where Mm. he was working and i saw his post and i said uh, i applied and i said hey can i can you at least uh, mm. put me for the interview? So he said, of course. And that's where I started. Basically, you and found now, it through um, a LinkedIn network at the end of the day, right? Yes, correct. That's the part so, Exactly. So then, yeah, and then I started, then I, it's not been long. I recently joined uh, the company. So I'm working for FIAK mm. Services. Um, I'm working as an internal recruiter, so I'm more responsible for recruiting carers, also known as support mm. workers. So I look after them. Uh, I look after the whole recruiting process uh, mm. for them. Um, so it has been like, you know, amazing. I joined in um, 
September. Mm-hmm. It's not been long. It's about to be a three months now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true because I think with the networking, what I've understood right now is like most people, what they look is that when they think about networking, what they think is that if I find this network, I will find this job. You know, like they are always looking for job. Whenever they meet people, they ask if they have job. That's not how networking works. Networking is basically you try to know as many people as you can, so that somehow, exactly. somewhere later in future, they would be of help to you. They could help you get connected with different people, or they could help you get exactly. connected with different resources. It's not only about getting yeah. a job. Networking is not about finding that person, the right network, so that you can find the right job. That's not how it works. Exactly. Networking it's basically all... means know as many people as you can from as many different fields as you can. Exactly, and you never know. You know, like there's no harm uh, in getting knowledge of any industry or anything. Exactly. Uh, it can be. You know, it doesn't have to be the field you are working, or it doesn't have to be. Um, you know that you are interested. It can be anything. Like you know, like the meetup app. Exactly, meetup thing. Yeah, that's go out and meet people. The, that's the yeah, that's the best thing you to do networking. Honestly, absolutely. I haven't done that yet. I did had that app in my phone, but I never went into any meetup. But I didn't do lockdown. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because I was so frustrated. Like I was really frustrated. It was like I had to do something for myself. So. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where I end up with meetup and yeah. Where did you go? Like, what did you do with that? Uh, it was a, a hike. Uh-huh. So I just went for the um, I think it's uh, in the Royal National Park. So we just went for one hike. Mm. But saying that, the people I met during that time, like mm. that group, it, it wasn't a big group. It was a group of six. Mm. But people I met, I'm still in touch with them. So it it feels good to know them, or it feels you know, to have that change, or to know that there is something common. So you know, I love as I said, I love traveling. I love to explore new place, the same mm-hmm. as them. So now anything comes up, they definitely give me a call or at least text me. Hey, are you interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you meet people, and you never know who might be of what help to you, or who might have those resources that you need. You know. So it's always a good idea yeah. to know more. Nothing was wrong in like having a network in your LinkedIn contact. You don't have to go out there and call them or meet them every day. Just <laughs> keep them. You never know when they might come up with a job or they might come up with an opportunity. You never know. That's the thing about exactly. networking. Exactly. Things are changing. Always are changing. You know, like just having a certificate or having a degree won't get you a job today. You need to know right people in right places. And um, I think um, like now as I'm working as uh, I have learned that it's more about skills. Mm. It's more about how you communicate, mm. how like how much experience you have, mm-hmm. how resilient you are. Mm. I think the workforce because of the COVID, I think the whole um, the tradition thing, like the traditional Mm-hmm. the culture have changed like you know like hybrid work models have come up with a work mixture of work from home and working from home like maybe there were a few companies which would give the option of that but now it's quite common 
right? So it has changed. You know, it has changed a lot of things. Uh, COVID have changed a lot of things. Be it um, so even with the workforce now, it's like I think it's more about what attitude you have. Like mm. I, so I'm working for an NDIS provider. Maybe so you could NDIS, help like any of our listeners or students out there, since you are into HR. Maybe also give some tips to them, like how does it work or what is a good way to secure a job? You know, what are some of the things you could look into? I hear. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let me first give the example. Um, mm-hmm. I literally screen at least 30 to 40 resumes in a week, at least. So you actually go okay. through all the resumes one by one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have to do that. So when I go through it, um, I see that, you know, first of all, have the experience um, which is relevant to the uh, position you're applying for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? So put that on top, put that on priority. Even I have, sometimes I have seen the resumes without their phone number and without their email address. Mm. And I feel, hey, have I, how am I going to contact you? Yeah. <laughs> Mo- right? We, we need to, we, we, I'm planning to do one of the resume workshops sooner or later because we, I'm trying to do like LinkedIn profile headshots so at least their profile uh-huh. looks good. I might work on how to build a LinkedIn profile too with that. But yeah, go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I see that. So I feel like, oh, come on. I mean, we look for, you know, more of what you have or more of experience. Mm-hmm. And if you don't even have your contact number on your resume, what does it mean? It, it clearly shows that, you know, what message you are giving to the employer you are applying is that you are not interested you are not kind of serious about the role mm. okay True. so i mean be very cautious before applying read the whole um, job title you know sometimes what happens is they are a lot of people they apply mm. and they don't even know the job roles they don't even know the jds mm-hmm. so i mean it's very important to know that um what position you are applying True. be cautious read read the job description before you apply if, if it's you know if it's gonna work for you or not yeah. right so like i think today itself there was mm-hmm. this um there was there was this uh, i wouldn't say the name but yeah. i had a person like i have been um she came up uh she said that i need some work and she was really good she was really good mm-hmm. with communication she had all the um, uh, skills, qualifications. She was all good. And how we work is well, after screening, we do the assessment center for mm-hmm. our support workers mm-hmm. where we uh, kind of screen their multiple skills. Uh, so I called, invited her for that assessment center and mm-hmm. she didn't turn up. And then I was like, I mean, not so, serious at all. Exactly. And later she called me and she, she said me after like end of the day, she called me. The student center was at like 11 a.m. And mm. she called me around 5 p.m. said, hey, I couldn't make it. I was like, at least let me know what's going on with you. I, I could have rescheduled it, right? Exactly. It's not necessary that it works every time. It's fine. But communication, right? Relax communication. That shows that she lacks communication. Exactly. Communicate like what's happening, what's going on. Communicate because that doesn't give me a you know 
that shows that you are not interested or you are not serious about the role. You know, your first impression itself is not good. So how would an employer proceed? So yeah. So just have so, proper learn how to communicate properly, have a exactly. proper resume, you know, like with relevant work experience. Relevant, it you know it. There are a lot of skills. Like there are a lot of transferable skills. Like mm. your communication, your attitude, or your like skills like teamwork. These are transferable skills, mm-hmm. right? um so you can definitely have them in your resume but that's not a uh, issue but um you need to know how to present it right mm-hmm. so at least i think there are a lot of uh, website which helps you to build your resume mm-hmm. honestly even i use that to be honest mm-hmm. because they kind of you know make it look better mm-hmm. they kind of have those forms where the presentation is really good mm-hmm. so we can definitely use them mm, to that's is that your phone yeah no that's my phone shit <laughs> i can <laughs> yeah but that's true you know it's it's like we don't know how to apply for jobs anymore or something you know and that's why we don't know what to do like even with the building regiment like it's all again it's different with different people because i've talked to few of the hr professionals and everyone has a different thing to say you know when it comes to like hr and stuff so when you're looking at the resumes as you said like do you go through each and every resume or is there like a proper system or something that actually filters out just the resume that you want to look at okay so yeah we do so like we use indeed seek um right uh, all those mm-hmm. platforms to uh source the candidates mm-hmm. so what happens is on there there are few questions that are asked uh to all the candidates mm-hmm. um and few questions are deal breaker mm-hmm. uh so if that answer is no that even doesn't come to me okay that doesn't you know that the resume doesn't pass down to the employer because those are the things which are mandatory mm-hmm. like for example i'm currently recruiting for support worker so mm-hmm. support worker home care services or home carer you can call it, there are multiple uh, ways to say it. Mm-hmm. so in that uh, we have few uh, regulations which we have to but because we are an ndis provider mm-hmm. so all our clients are ndis participants so you know we have we are, we are under very high compliance because it all comes from the government so there are few things which is mandatory with us like mm-hmm. for example a first aid certificate okay which is mandatory right um and now it's ndis worker check which is mandatory mm-hmm. right so ndis worker module orientation mm-hmm. and infection now with covid-19 infection control training for covid-19 mm-hmm. these are the things which are mandatory okay yeah we do need them when we are you know so basically when someone is applying through indeed or seek they get filled out based on those things yes correct okay cool So that's what it's something I wanted to like but how do they work do you have any idea about that like how do those seek and everything like you how do you get 
only like your particular resume is what you want to look at does it like actually based on like do they look at like whatever job descriptions you have provided and what resume do you have do they do that on base of that or how does it work do you have any idea around that um i hope i'm getting it right um mm -hmm. how it works is as i said like to you have let's say i'm uh, hiring for support worker so my deal breaker question would be do you have first aid certificate mm -hmm. if anyone let's say the ad is put up and you are applying for it and mm -hmm. you say that no you answer it for no mm -hmm. so your your uh, your resume wouldn't come to me mm -hmm. so that kind of filters that mm -hmm. and after that we do our screening okay the screening is basically you so we do the, the, for the interview yes yes oh. so it's basically telephonic screening so mm -hmm. we screen them over the phone it it goes up to 10 minutes the telephonic mm -hmm. screening mm -hmm. we ask them multiple questions their skills their experience mm -hmm. um you know why they want to go why are they applying mm -hmm. what makes them to uh, work in the industry and all those questions so it goes up to 10 minutes and if i'm convinced or looks like uh, he's a suitable candidate mm -hmm. then we call them for the assessment center okay so with assessment center uh how what happens is there are four components which we do so we do a uh, case study mm -hmm. we do role play scenario mm -hmm. uh we do a uh, drawing component and we do a personality test okay So these are the four components each candidate uh, after the phone screening each candidate has to go through. Mm -hmm. And then only you select so, the right candidate, right? Person. Exactly, exactly. Because you know we um, like uh, currently I'm working in an industry kind of a very um, I would say high care and very uh, we deal with disabled people, very mm -hmm. you know vulnerable group of our community. so we need to be extra cautious we always believe that it's more of um attitude mm. rather than skills like we want our carers to be empathetic mm. right we want them uh, we want them to be polite we want them to have a good attitude we like a person with who is not empathetic would never end up giving you know It would never end up working well with our clients. True, that's true. That's something because that... our clients are, you know, disabled or age age group of people. Mm. So they are, they need they what all they need is support mm. to live a normal life, and that's what they seek for. Yeah, true. That's true. You need to be sure that because you, it's like as you said, you're working with some vulnerable people who are already disabled, who are already. going through a lot of shit in their life you know so if someone exactly. else comes in and if they are not able to understand them properly if they are not empathetic if they don't have that patience sometime you know that one might need to have for that job i personally don't think i'm suitable for that kind of job although i'm empathetic and <laughs> i can understand things i don't think i have that kind of a patience or i exactly have... it's a lot about patience too honestly exactly. not everyone has that i i i've seen a culture right now basically mostly in our communities where people are getting into like aged care aged cares and disability care and those kinds of because the money is good you know because the money is good that's why they are trying to get into that but you know what um 
I used to think the same uh, mm. when I wasn't working in the industry. No, but the cases, uh, you know, it's all, it's not the same all time. Mm. It's more about passion also. There are people, you know, with us, like there are people who have been taking care of their fa- disabled family member for ages mm. and they are working as a carer now. So it's not always about that, but uh, it's more about their attitude or what they want to do. There are a lot of people who want to do something meaningful with their life. Mm-hmm. There are people who are disabled themselves and, and also working as a carer with us mm-hmm. and giving support to the other people, other uh, to, you know, another disabled people or, you know, age group because they can connect well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I think more about what goals you have mm-hmm. or how you take it. Uh, but that's, that's what I said. We look for more of attitude rather than skills because mm. we can definitely up skills. We do have a lot of training. Always in learn the technical skills. Exactly, but I can't, we can't change the attitude. We can't change the personality of people. Yeah, true. That's true. That's something we can't change. Even how being much, an HR, can't do it. <laughs> from an HR, from HR perspective, how much do you guys look into LinkedIn? And how much is it important to have a good LinkedIn profile? If you really want to get into any professional job, not only into NDIS, because you have been in different places. How much does a LinkedIn profile play a role in that? A big role. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's the, it's, you know, um, the best, uh, I wouldn't say be- best, of course, but the first thing to screen anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say. So you, um, you guys do go out whenever a resume comes in, you do go out and search their name in LinkedIn. Yeah, we do. You do right. Yeah, we do. All right. Yeah, even like when mm-hmm. I was under the interview process, um, my LinkedIn was looked many times. Mm-hmm. So it definitely plays a big role, you know, because it's kind of your first impression. Like it's kind of your resume, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If, like in your resume, uh, there is no recommendation. There's no endorsement by other people. Mm-hmm. There's not even a picture. Now things have changed. Like LinkedIn gives, you know, like there's a picture of you where we can see you know how you it's not about looks it's about you know a big smiling face Mm. could uh you know give a positivity or try give a positive vibes right rather Mm. than a sad face so that kind these little things really matters and these little things are really taken care by employer when they are hiring like even we Mm. um when I'm hiring, I really look after look after what how they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Like today, honestly, I, I was taking an interview of one of our uh, candidate. I wouldn't disclose the name, and she was literally in her PJ, uh-huh. and she was sleeping on bed. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was lying down. So you know, lack of, that's called lack of professionalism. Or they don't understand exactly. what professionalism is. I mean, so I said, oh, that's not good. Uh-huh. You know what impression you are giving? Exactly. Yeah. This so it's a package little, like, of everything, I guess. These kind of little, you know, like details and things, which like most people, I guess we miss out on because 
we didn't have an experience nobody told us or we're just lazy whatever but th- these are some those details and like small things that actually matters right exactly definitely <sighs> it is not a piece of cake you have mm. to you know um you have to um struggle or you have to take a extra step to get everything mm-hmm. right so i think it's all about your efforts it's all about how you present yourself and most important your networking it's very being in australia i feel um i think not just in australia i think any part of your of the world networking is very important mhm true true yeah. it's very important especially in today's world especially if you want to do something because as we have even discussed earlier it just gives you like more opportunities it just gives you more resources you know exactly exactly true Definitely. that's cool to know uh let's get a little bit into like what was how did you deal with the hard times you know because you know that i know that i've said it a lot of times maybe you're comfortable sharing that what are we see this i talk, i like to talk about this in like with everyone who is here because mental health problem it's something that we need to be discussing more about we need to have more dialogues on that so good people understand these kind of things and i know that you're seeing a psychiatrist right now is that true uh yes are, are you comfortable to share about it are you comfortable to talk about it um yeah um Yeah, I can. That's not a problem. It's on you, man. There, there's no pressure. There's nothing. If only you're confident. No, no, no. It. I think um I think it if it helps, you know, helps people, that's mm. fine. I, I'm happy to share with it. So, okay. So during uh I think it started in July um yeah, July this year where lockdown started and um you know, I was kind of struggling with jobs and a few other personal reasons. So I was going through depression literally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's something, you know, I think I was like before I wasn't happy or I, I wouldn't say happy, but I wasn't comfortable in um you know saying that or admitting that. Mm-hmm. I would say so i was kind of trying to deal with myself like deal, trying to deal with my own like not trying to involve anyone or trying my own ways to deal with it mm-hmm. but ultimately i was done mm-hmm. like literally there was a time when i thought like no this is not happening um i think i'm not able to help help myself mm-hmm. now here and i think i need to i need somebody else help and mm. that's where i landed up with a, a psychiatrist i would say psych, I, i think it's a psychologist okay. so psychologist yeah. and psychiatrist are and, two different people as far as i know yeah exactly so i i, I went with a psychologist so i started with my counseling mm. um you know it was a big step for me to be honest to go out there you know, and just have that i have that experience exactly. too. just to go out there and talk about that to the counselor that is one of the bravest thing you can do in life exactly that, it takes a lot of courage to actually go out and just I do that i never realized that it would be such a big thing like i literally never had that courage mm. to do that and it took me literally 2 months to convince myself and to get that courage mm. 
and then i was like no this is not happening i can't do this to myself i need i need help mm. right and then that's where i landed up um i started i'm still doing i still take one session every week mm-hmm. and it trust me it has really helped me you can see it in your face <laughs> I hope this is what it you are right now. I hope that this is not just only for podcast and this is how no, you are throughout the I, day. No. Really really helped me. I can see there is there are a lot of positive impact or po- a lot of positivity or uh positivity in my life now. Um I try to like you know when you know when everything is going down and everything is going negative in your life you feel mm-hmm. that the whole world is against you yeah. and the everything is not nobody is like you know nobody is loving you or nobody mm-hmm. cares about you. So you kind of get that thing. It's so weird but I don't know. I I went through that. I felt that there is a phase that i go through every time that happens like everything is negative exactly. like all the emotions and you know what when i shared when i shared this with my mom mm. she told me one thing uh, which kind of clicked me actually and mm. which kind of uh, encouraged me to go to psychologist she was like um chori chori is like um uh, yeah, ba- uh, dotly mm. so she was like chori तिमी सानी देखी बाहर बसे को इतनी इंडिपेंडेंट बोला आपसे काम करे को ओयले क्यों बोयो ओयले एंड मैं कि ना व्हाई 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 डिड यू व्हाई आर यू ट्राइंग टू गिव अप आई सेड या आई लाइक एस आई सेड आई लेफ्ट माय होम व्हेन आई वाज़ 15 इट वाज़ अ बिग थिंग फॉर मी बट आई डिड uh through my way mm. and now when i'm almost there and i was about to crash mm. right and that clicked me i said no i can't let that happen i i can't let all my you know hard work all my um all the struggle i did till date mm. just go in vain i couldn't do that so that's where i think i I started I st- I started with counseling and that has really helped mm. me. I think they they big you know it's not a big thing. It's all about having that one person um just to talk or express everything mm. without being judged. True. Exactly. Honestly, it's literally that. I mean, I I thought that because when you are talking let's like you can't you also i think every every person every migrant uh, who would immigrant who would know about it mm. now you can't share everything with your family with your parents back in their country because you know they would even panic or they would even worry about you yeah. so you can't share everything so you try to you know deal as much as you can and that pressure actually leads to a lot of stress mm. right so and and with friends uh, i mean touchwood honestly i have been blessed with really good people around me always they have mm-hmm. been really supportive they have been really i'm really thankful to god for that honestly but saying that everyone have their own life everyone is busy in their own life right so having that counselor having that psychologist actually gave me gave me that gave me a free i would say freedom to express everything without being judged mm. 
and those little tricks are those little tricks how to change my perspective to see the things mm-hmm. have helped me a lot and i mean anyone who is going through depression anxiety or mental health or you know any any struggle or you mm-hmm. feel like oh, you're about to crash i would say don't hesitate to you know seek for help if you are not comfortable with seeking help with your known pe- because sometimes it's true you know mm. you are not comfortable with seeking help to the people you already know right mm. so a psych a psychologist is a third person who who wouldn't judge you or you know plus, who doesn't know anything about you plus he or she knows how to deal with whatever you're going through exactly exactly Normal people wouldn't know that we haven't started that you know exactly so i i think it, that's mm-hmm. where it's happening and I, i i'm really grateful that i took that decision um, i'm glad that i did that i'm glad you did that it, <laughs> so it, it works you know <laughs> even with me even with my story when i had it for like i didn't had to go to a psychologist or anything but for all the listeners who are here if you are interested there is a counselor available in every university where you can go yeah. out and do exactly the things you said you are doing and it's free of cost you know every yeah. university would have that kind of service available to you there would be a counselor although they wouldn't be able to give you exact maybe the solution to that but just going out as i said it's a very courageous thing to go out and talk to them first thing just to go out there and talk to them is a very courageous thing it's very difficult to do that but if you're going through any kind of situation where it seems like you can't handle it yourself because what happens sometimes is when you think about things you think only from your lens your perspective your beliefs and when you do that it's like you're looking at a problem from inside the box where exactly. you cannot see the whole thing of whatever is happening or how is it happening you know you get the aerial view of your problem yep and you, you can't do that, that. Very... you can't do that by yourself sometimes you exactly. know when you exactly. say it to you someone, someone else to show you exactly that's when you see that aerial view that's when you see that broader perspective or whatever is happening or how it is happening you know yeah. so it's always a good idea to go out there and talk to a counselor you know although the psychologists and psychiatrists are kind of expensive i guess right how much are you paying per session is that can you open that uh 180 180 per session right so yeah per it's kind of expensive it, it is kind of expensive it is kind of expensive for students to go out there I think the psychiatrist would be more than insurance insurance do cover around 60% of it. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So the general normal insurance that we just get it covers that. Yeah, I think OHC yeah, aligns anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would they would cover it. Like m- myself, I'm uh with an IB so mm-hmm. 60% is covered up, yeah. Okay. Good, yeah, no? why not? <laughs> and that you should go man as said, as you said if if you're going to something else go out and seek help it's always helpful you know instead of like Definitely. just putting it inside yourself and think shit about yourself just go out and share with someone it, it helps man even you go out and share with your friends about what is happening i'm very lucky as you that i have friends where i could go and tell them exactly what there are times when i can't tell them as you said you can't share everything but in most of the times I'm lucky I'm lucky to have those kind of friends where I could go out and tell them exactly what is happening although they don't have an answer to it or although they don't have a solution to it just putting it out there just speaking it out somehow lessens that burden somehow it makes it easier to deal with it you know yeah 
it it just you know you it's just about putting it out exactly putting it out and just getting that good um vibes i would yeah. say mm-hmm. putting that negativity out of you but uh, the thing with that is that you and need you to and you know what mm-hmm. the thing with that and is that I you stopped, need to oh. make sure you need to make sure that you are actually dealing with it instead of just ignoring it you know because exactly. there are times where you just ignore it you know just you just focus your brain into something else that is going to come back again if you don't deal with it properly so you need to make sure that, that you deal with it properly and not just ignore it and put it aside this is this exact thing my counselor told me mm. he told me krishna i want you to deal with the problem because honestly i was so you know i wanted a change like i was so under I don't know what that feeling was but it was not good at all it was mm. so much of negativity and I wanted it to go away from Sydney like and I told my counselor about it and he told me Krishna you're going to move from Sydney to a different city what if the same thing comes up in different in that city mm. where are you going to go next so I want you to deal with the problem instead of running from it and that's that's when I said okay I'm going to take tortoise step mm. maybe it will be a very small step but i'll do it so that's where it is. and also one thing i started with um honestly i'm not a person like i i you know i'm not a person who can sit idle for a while and that's mm-hmm. why i meditation never passed <laughs> <with> me <laughs> but like my mom my dad they always have been you know trying me to put that and i started with that during that time mm. i started listening to sadguru mm. i don't know if everyone listened to him but i started listening to listening to him and that really helped me and i started doing like uh, now i do 15 minutes uh, i just do 15 minutes but mm. that kind of helped me to calm myself down and you know to think more better to think mm-hmm. better with my life what kind of meditation think, do you do i put a music like mm-hmm. um there's like as i said i listen to sadguru so i put the sadguru's there are certain music mm-hmm. i put that and try try to meditate i literally try to because mm-hmm. as i said i'm not a good person to sit idle uh-huh. but i try to and i'm trying to do it at least okay because what i do is i also do meditation in a certain ways where i just focus on the breath it's not a big deal i use headspace uh-huh. mostly because they have that uh-huh. 10 minutes of like guided session i just uh-huh. do that for the 10 minutes and for the next 10 minutes i do the same thing but without the guidance by myself and oh, okay. doing that somehow you know helps you to figure out whenever a negative emotion or negative state is starting to appear you know you notice that Now I haven't figured out exact way how to deal with it it's always different different time but I think that's the first step about this depression or negative emotion in that anything that is realizing that you are actually having this as you as we were talking about like you are in a state where everything is negative your emotions are negative whatever you see is negative whatever you feel is negative realizing that that you are actually in this phase and whatever you are thinking or whatever you are about to decide or whatever is about to happen that is not the reality whatever thoughts is going in your mind it's just thoughts and it's only there that's not the reality that's the first step realization and somehow meditation has helped me with that i try to do yeah. that like yeah. every morning sometimes i miss it 
but whenever i can i do that because that somehow helps me to realize the emotions i realize the feelings that is coming because what we do in that meditation session or breathing exercise is we just sit down and just focus on our breath mm-hmm. the thoughts keeps on coming there are different thoughts from different places they are coming what we do is thoughts and thinking thoughts come when we start to give energy to that it changes into thinking i think i took it from sunena yogi who was a guest in my podcast we should let that thoughts turn into thinking that's all that we are doing in that meditation we're just trying to focus on your breathing and just trying to let that thoughts come and go doing that somehow helps you to figure out those kind of emotions or thoughts in real life too i think i'm going to try that yeah try that man that has worked <laughs> for me because once you do that again you are already working with a psychologist so once you know what ever yeah. the negative emotions are coming you are more aware about it and you don't make decisions based on those emotions or you don't you know like go out and react just to that instead you just observe and see okay shit i'm having this okay so what's happening wrong you try to analyze things you try to look into different things and sooner or later that problem gets solved without even you knowing about it you know yeah. so try that maybe yeah i i think i should give it a go <laughs> I mean, you need to take care of your health. You know, it's not just physical health, but mental health too. We miss that out. Even I miss that out a lot of time. I try to manage my diet and everything, but being an Indian student and working and okay, studying. You know, the irony, you know, like I come from a um, like currently, luckily, I'm working um, with a com with company which like you know we deal with a mm. lot of it mental health, like. we had a meeting uh, a town we had this town hall meeting every month mm-hmm. so we had our motivational speaker who came in and she did like a half an hour um kind of a you know she did the same breathing technique but it was uh, so soothing mm-hmm. and so relaxing and you know our, we deal with you know as i said we deal with vulnerable people so we are more focused on you know mental health and how how to you know mental well-being i would say mm-hmm. so and the irony is physical wound is visible the mental you know the mental illness or what's going on in your head nobody can say that so that's that's where i guess and the you know the cultural background we come from mm-hmm. i think that's where me going to psychologist was a big thing for me to be honest oh, it is as i said it's the most courageous act of your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was such a big thing i think I, i still like you know haven't disclosed this to my parents <laughs> to be honest oh, yeah? <laughs> because i don't want to them to be worried but yeah there was something uh like it took me a lot of time to you know mm. kind of um make myself ready for it I'm glad you did whatever happened or whatever happened I'm glad you did and I'm glad you're working on that. Yes. But life is tough. Whatever people say life and a fairy tale. Life is tough but there's always a solution there's always a way you can figure things out there's always help available you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh <sighs> all right then. Thank you very much Krishna for your time for sharing this story with us. We're already past like more than 1 hour I guess. But it was good talking to you after long. It was good. Thank you very much for sharing your story out here. Any last words for our listeners or audience or whoever is out there listening to this? Mm, I would say just keep going. Mm. 
you'll be there you will reach there just don't stop you'll be there whatever whatever your wish is whatever your dream is in terms of your career in terms of your personal life anything that can be just wish for it and work hard for it and you'll be there and one more thing um i would like to say before uh we end this um as i mentioned this i'm working with afia care services mm-hmm. uh our NDIS provider. So I'm currently recruiting for uh, support workers. So anyone who is interested to work uh, as support worker, and also there are different office roles which are on our website. You can head to our website and directly reach out to me. What's um, the website? Uh, that's afiacareservices.com.au. All right, I'll put the link in the description below. Yes, and my email address is ksen s e n at afia dot com dot a u. So if you are interested, feel free to send your resume, and I can definitely get in touch with you, and we can discuss about it. Because you know, um, I know how the struggle is um to get that job, or to yeah. you know to. I really want to help international students because I have been in that shoe, and I'm like. it would be an immense uh, you know it would i would love to be a little help for them to be honest i can definitely guide you through i can definitely help you with that so if you're interested you can definitely send your resume through and i can yeah we can discuss about it sure i'll put a link in the description system below and anyone who is interested in that particular yeah. job you already know what you need to do to get that job because we've already <laughs> talked about that too so you're in a very good position right now whoever is listening to it whoever wants to Get into this industry. Get into this job. Get in contact with Krishna again. Thank you very much, Krishna, for your time. It was good thank to have you. you. Here. It was good to see you too. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right. I'll see you again. Bye. Yeah. Bye. If you like this video, hit subscribe. You can listen to the full podcast in YouTube, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.